0: You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, a faith community that welcomes, affirms, and protects the light in each human heart, listens deeply to where love is calling us next, and with humility, courage, and compassion, works to create a more just world. To learn more, visit us at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
1: Our call to worship this morning comes from Dr. Glenn Thomas Rideout. It is called, appropriately, Call. The opportunity has come to us again to weave a singular tapestry of life from countless strands of dazzling difference and a renewed quest for common purpose. The opportunity has come again for your hand and your hand and your hand and my hand to choose each other's company for our connected embrace to guide us toward a deeper understanding of ourselves and each other. The opportunity has come for your voice and your voice and your voice and my voice to assemble our voice, for our voice to awaken melodies of unmitigated hope, to lift up songs that chase after justice. With a woven will, we can make sacred work of this moment. With a gathered spirit, we can build communion even in the most conventional space. So come, whoever you are, let us take up the challenge the possibility of being one with each other. Let us learn again what love can do when there truly is a we. And let the evidence of our decision give strength to each of our lives for all of our living. Come, let us make this time of worship together.
0: come, whoever you are, the poet Rumi once said, ah, I love that you stand with initiative. That's wonderful. There are many ways to rise, and I invite you to all of them, rise with your body, with your voice, with your mind, and let us sing. It goes, come, come, whoever you are. Anybody heard of this before? Okay, anybody new to this one? Yes, I love teaching new songs. Okay, come, come, whoever you are. Wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving. Ours is no caravan of despair. Come, yet again, come. Yes, and it goes like this. Help me teach it if you know it. Come, come, whoever you are.
2: Wanderer. Leaving. Ours is no care of and of despair Come yet again, That's lovely. What's more?
0: together channels for the streams of love that they may broadly run and love has overflowing streams to fill them everyone let's sing together make
2: channels for
1: Good morning. Good morning. 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 I got a question. How many of you here rolled in at 10 (laughs) o'clock? This uh, two services thing is going to take us a little bit of time to get back into the swing of. But we are here. Welcome. It is a joy to be with you this morning. My name is Reverend Arif Mamdani. I am one of the ministers here. Dear ones, it is a joy to be together this morning. We are opening up channels of love, and we begin by making channels for these streams of love by lighting our chalice together. I invite Dr. Gled Thomas to join me to light the chalice as we say together our chalice-lighting words. Will you join me, please? Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love and to help one another. Thank you. Friends, another channel, another channel for these streams of love is the channel of gratitude. We begin in gratitude Gratitude for this day, for this hour of worship, for the many, many, many people who helped to make this day possible, who made it possible for us to arrive here in this moment, to show up for this moment to share with each other. And so with gratitude in our hearts, we thank John and Olu working our sound and technology back in the booth. Yeah. (laughs) Gratitude for Reverend Jen, for Dr. Glenn Thomas, for Paolo as our, our worship leaders up in front of you all this morning. How many of you were greeted or ushed this morning as you entered the sanctuary? It's, It's a word, right? So much gratitude for our ushers and greeters who welcomed us this morning. And gratitude for the, yes, let's clap for them too. Excellent greeting, excellent ushing. Gratitude also. For the miracle of this day, sun so bright we need to put down the shades. For the beauty in the sanctuary created by the visual arts team, and the beauty of the beings around you. If you haven't yet, take a moment to take it in, what it feels like to be in space with other beings. Sometimes our bodies can forget or take for granted how rare and special is the gift of multi-generational community. And let us not forget gratitude for the gay great happening, illimitably earth without whom none of us and none of this would be possible. And finally, let us open and create the channel of love that is our own heart as we breathe together three slow, deep, full breaths, arriving here to the forming edge of our lives, giving each other the gift of our presence. So let's start together with a deep breath in, and then let it out slowly, and continue at your own pace. Good morning, dear ones. It is a joy to be together.
0: How many people do you think are in this room right now? Any guesses? Two. Did I hear four hundred? Four hundred, okay. What? What's? What's that? Twenty hundred. Twenty hundred. Twenty hundred. Wow. What, a twenty million. Okay. Oh, okay. any other guesses? So many guesses. Wait, wait, wait. What did you say? A hundred fifty. I don't know the answer, so don't like. I won't know until after, right? 600, wow! Okay, you all are seeing people everywhere. Where are these people? Oh, I, I see the 20 million, they're over there. Yeah, yes, yes. You know what? In this thing we call community, whether there are two people, one person, 45 people or 20 million people. Our work together is to hold everyone, to hold everyone up in our spirits, in our minds, in our hearts, and that's exactly what this song is about. It's called "Hold Everybody Up." See how it's yeah? It's a good songwriter, right there. It goes like this, and we'll bring that spirit of holding the whole community right into it. It goes like this. You gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody up. Try it with me.
2: We gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody up. Listen. We gotta hold everybody we gotta hold everybody up. Your turn. We, we gotta, gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody up. Hold everybody up, up, up. Hold everybody up, up, up. Hold everybody up, up, up. Hold everybody up. up, up. Hold everybody up. Hold everybody up. That's the whole thing. Let's try it again. <gasps> we gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody up. We gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody up. Hold everybody up. Up up. Hold everybody up. Up up. Hold everybody up. Up up. Hold everybody up.
0: up, up. up. Oh, your hands wanna join too. We gotta
2: hold everybody. Everybody up. We gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody up. Hold everybody up. Up up. Hold everybody up. Up up. Hold everybody up. Up up. Hold everybody up. up, up.
0: up. Okay, you start with this side. Here we go. You gotta
3: hold
2: everybody. You gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody.
0: We gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody
2: up. Hold
0: everybody
2: up. Hold everybody up. Hold everybody up. I like that one. All together. Here we go. We gotta hold everybody. We gotta hold everybody up, up, hold everybody up, up, up. Hold everybody up, up, up. Hold everybody up, up, up. Hold everybody
4: up. So I am curious out there How many of you like Ah, spiders? Who likes spiders? Okay, who doesn't like spiders? Ah. (laughs) Depends on the spiders, fair enough. Well, I love spiders, a range of opinions about spiders. Well, I wanna just give you a heads up, we're gonna be talking about spiders a little bit here. Uh, And in fact, we're gonna be talking in worship quite a bit about weaving the webs of connection and sustenance. And spiders have really figured this out in some pretty amazing ways. So let me tell you a little bit about how spiders get the water that they need. Take a look at this spider web for a clue. How gorgeous is this web? Seriously. Spider webs, it turns out, are made to collect water. They're made to collect water from dew and rain, and the strands of the web actually have a texture that the water sticks to. And then along each of those strands, there are tiny, tiny notches that draw the water from the edges of the web into the center where the spider can get to it. It's a pretty amazing photo. Here's another one where you can start to see all of this. See it some more. Spiders don't have to go looking for water like we do. It comes to them. The water condenses from the air onto the strands of the web. And that web they've created is so gorgeous and brings them exactly what they need.
1: What? If, what if we were to think of our spiritual task this year as a community as something like what the spiders are teaching us here? What if we spent a year weaving and tending a web of rest and connection and beauty that gives each of us life, that attracts life, that makes room for life to flow? Because water is life, right? So the water protectors, human and spider, teach us. One of the fundamental ways that we weave and tend the web that sustains us in this community is through our religious education program. Last Sunday, we told you that we needed more teachers in our classrooms, and you rose to the challenge stunningly. You tended the web, you moved toward the need and made Sunday school possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Because you tended the web, it means that now we start the church year with enough teachers, enough advisors, enough youth staff and adult volunteers for over 250 children and youth. What a gift. What a sacred privilege and responsibility we have together.
4: So as we start this church year of religious education classes for our children and youth, we pause to mark the moment and to bless each other in this important transition time. So children and youth, I invite you, if you are willing and able to stand up, and if you'd like to take the hand of a parent or another trusted grown-up as you receive a blessing from the adults. Adults of the congregation, you're about to have a job. It is to respond when I ask you to, we will, if you agree. (laughs) And children and youth, I want you to take this in. Adults of the congregation, I ask you, will you recognize and affirm and protect the light in each and every children and youth's heart? If so, please say we will. We will. Will you support their religious upbringing by making this a place of joyful welcome, a place where they feel known and loved in the sanctuary, the social hall, and the classrooms? If so, please say we will. We will. And as you are called, will you support this ministry with our children, with your time, your treasure, and your talent? If so, please say we will. will. May it be so. Kids, you can have a seat.
1: And now, adults who are serving as classroom volunteers and youth advisors this year, will you please stand as you are willing and able? Adults and youth advisors. We're gonna have you stay standing for a bit, so get comfortable. <laughs> Children, parents, and all other adults of the congregation. We are going to shower these teachers with some of the intangible gifts they need to bring on the journey that's ahead. Can anyone think of one of these intangible gifts that they, that they need? I'd love to hear a couple examples. Patience, great. Humility, humor, Humor, awesome. All right, so you guys know, you all know exactly what we're going for here. So let's take a, a quick, quiet moment, inside voice, to come up with two or three gifts that we hope these teachers will carry. So just to ourselves, in just a minute, we're gonna shout them out. All right, you got your two or three? Teachers, youth advisors, will you please reach out your hands to catch some of these blessings that we have for you? So we're going to do this like a wave. When I point to your part of the sanctuary, I invite you to shout out your blessing words. Teachers, we offer you these blessings.
4: Our online community is showering you all too with wisdom and kindness and joy and patience and unconditional positive regard and love. <laughs> and creativity and grace and empathy, it's just like a rainstorm over here. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. And now is the time when we start to move into our own different spaces as we continue the work of spiritual growth as one whole community, remembering wherever we are, we are connected by the larger web.
2: We gotta hold everybody up. We gotta hold everybody We gotta hold everybody up. Hold everybody up, up.
4: I invite us to start moving into a time of gathering in, and instead of trying to block out noise of moving folks and positive good energy flowing through the building, I invite you to let it in. As we settle here, grateful for the energy, for the life, for the community. Grateful for the rivers, the channels of the streams of love that are flowing out, that exist in our online community, out in the classrooms today, here in this space. I invite us like the spider web, to gather in in this time of shared prayer and shared quiet, to gather in attention to our breath, attention to our bodies, attention to our spirits as we share in some quiet together. We are held here in a community of care. Held in our lives by so many strands. Held in the web of love and connection that stretches out beyond our individual lives. Legacy and lineage that stretches back into history and forward into a future. We are held. Held by this church community that is ordered in love and hope. Held in day-to-day care that we offer, that we receive. Here in this moment, As we share in that experience of breath and connection, we make room for all that we carry, for the joy and the sorrow, for the grief, and also for the gratitude, for joy, for hope and possibilities we couldn't have imagined. Here in this, moment, we make space to share amongst us, to speak out loud, to type in the chat, to hold in the silent sanctuary of your heart all that you are carrying to bring it to this web. Together we hold all of it. And we pray that the grip of addiction might be loosened, that the weight of oppression might be lightened, that grief might be shared, that joy might break through, and that love might make every suffering bearable for us all. Amen.
1: Now now I don't know where it is. <laughs> y'all think I'm joking. <laughs> if that thing starts to creep up, y'all please let me know. They are beautiful creatures, and I love them where I can see them. So, since, um, since this morning, the first time we sang it, I have had that song that we sang just a few moments ago going through my head. You gotta hold everybody, you gotta hold everybody up. You gotta hold everybody, you gotta hold everybody up, hold everybody up. Up, up, hold everybody up. Up, up, hold everybody up. Up, up, hold everybody up. I've had it in my head and heart, partially because it's just really fun to sing that with you all. But also because as the words worked on me, What I came to realize is that that song embodies so much of who we are and what we are about as a community. It is both uh, imperative as well as a commitment. When we sing it, we are both saying what we are about and promising what it is that we are going to do. We are going to hold everybody up. One of the ways that we do that, one of the ways that we hold everybody up is through the giving and receiving of our offering, right? That is one of the ways that we take the gifts that we have and we help to hold each other up. Our offering this morning goes to support the work of Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism, Blue, takes the enduring gifts and tasks of the church at large and reimagines the forms of conveyance in order to minister to black Unitarian Universalists everywhere. This reimagining includes but is not limited to worship liturgy, justice projects, you may be familiar with the housing initiative here in the Twin Cities that they're working on, it, is, it extends to who qualifies to minister to the people, to the idea of physical location, and so much more. Blue has been a partner of ours for many, many years. And it is to this partnership, to the work of Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism, that our offering goes today. These are the folks, this is the work that we are helping to hold up. And so I invite the ushers to please come forward. Instructions on how to give are on the screen and on either side of you. And I invite you to please give as generously as you're able.
3: I'm going to sing a song called uh, Shower the People by James Taylor. And I would love for you all to join me once the co- when the chorus comes around. I'll teach it to you right now. Show- yeah, it goes... Uh, Shower the people you love with love. Show them the way that you feel. Shower the people you love with love. Try it. Show them the way that you feel. I'll give you another shot. That was a little bit. Could be better. (laughs) We'll try it again. So it goes two, three, and. Shower the people you love with love. Show them the way that you feel Great, second half is Things are gonna work out fine If you only will Things are gonna work out fine If you only will Try it, three, two, three, and Things are gonna work out fine If you only will So all together it goes Shower the people you love with love Show them the way that you feel Things are gonna work out Things are gonna work out fine If you only will So that'll come around a few times and, And just go with the vibe You can play the game You can act out the part Though you know it wasn't written for you Tell me, how can you stand there With your broken heart Ashamed of playing the fool One thing can lead to another It doesn't take any sacrifice Oh, Father sister and brother. If it feels nice, don't think twice. Just shower the people you love with love. Show them the way that you feel. Things are gonna work out fine if you only will. Just do as I say. gonna be much better if you only will. You can run, but you cannot hide. This is widely known. Tell me what you plan to do.
4: What We Need Is Here, by Wendell Berry. Horseback on Sunday morning, harvest over, we taste persimmon and wild grape, sharp sweet of summer's end. In time's maze over fall fields, we name names that rest on graves. We open a persimmon seed to find the tree that stands in promise. Pale in the seed's marrow. Geese appear high over us, pass and the sky closes. Abandon, as in love or sleep, holds them to their way. Clear in the ancient faith, what we need is here. And we pray, not for new earth or heaven, but to be quiet in heart and in eye clear. What we need is here. sharp sweet of summer's end, horseback on Sunday morning, cracking open a piece of fruit and seeing in the seed the promise of the tree that will grow. Looking out over fields, naming names that rest on graves. Maybe for just a moment, in moments like that, we might believe what we need is here. It's moments that the poet describes, moments of awareness, remembering, reconnection, moments that at least for me are so often fleeting and passing. Moments I want to grab and keep when I remember what we need is here. It's the thing about practice, about spiritual living, about paying attention. None of us does it 100% all the time, not even those of us who practice all the time. Spiritual practice is an ongoing thing, an opportunity, I think it was Thoreau who said, for light to shine in on your soul, an opportunity a fleeting moment that when it happens, we do our best to capture and remember, putting it down in poetry and music, kind of carving it into our memory so we can call back on it again and again. Spiritual practice, we say here, you'll hear me saying all the time, is about constant alignment, alignment between our ideals and our actions, Moving ever more in our lives to try to line those two up, knowing that there's never a place of perfect balance, of perfection where we're gonna get it right all the time. Maybe even our idea of right is moving as it should too. But still, this is what we are about in community. Maybe it's in moments of singing together or listening to poetry or seeing our children and youth or any of us when we light up with a smile, where that moment of peace comes or connection or energy and we think, yes, this I want to remember. These moments are possible. These moments are possible where that alignment is clear and then we move. Sometimes, like I said, what we're aiming toward moves, and that is incredibly important. I know for myself, I remember often two short stories. One, maybe you've heard me say before, when my dad was teaching me how to drive, I would get so scared about driving at night because I couldn't see what was in front of me. I couldn't see far out. I couldn't see street signs or the curves that were coming, and he would say to me over and over, just look as far as the headlights go drive into that the headlights will move you'll keep seeing more and more of what you need to see to navigate whatever is next i take that into my spiritual living and in a very practical way many of you know that recently we did a huge renovation on our building here with the focus on making it more accessible more welcoming, more available and easy to navigate for folks with all kinds of abilities and disabilities. So I'll tell you, the day that I went out and was checking out our accessible playground out there, which is awesome, designed by our kids and youth who uh, have mobility challenges, well, when I went out there and then I realized there's no way to get to this from inside the building, if you're in a wheelchair, No way to get to this beautiful, accessible playground. I could have, and I did for a little while, beat myself up about missing that mark. Or I could say, now I know more, let's fix it. Right? Maya Angelou has this great quote that I'm guessing many of you know. Do the best until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. So that span of what we can see, imagine where those headlights go, should be always moving. So much of what we do here at church is about defining for ourselves and each other what are we aiming toward, and then moving it to be even more in alignment with love and hope and inclusion. We set our sights on what is that that we are aiming for, and then we practice getting there together in our everyday actions, whether that's sitting at a traffic light or next to someone in the pews or whatever other space we find ourselves in, how are we practicing living into those ideals? Now, in this spiritual community in particular, we have set our sights on becoming the beloved community, or I should say, a beloved community. Beloved community is the ideal. Now, this idea, I should tell you, of beloved community has deep, deep roots. If you follow this back through time, you can go a long, long way. You can go through Martin Luther King Jr. to Josiah Royce. You can go through Howard Thurman. You can go through W.E.B. Du Bois. You can go to William James. You can go all the way back to Augustine and Jesus and Buddha to track this idea of beloved community that we have lifted up and said we are aiming toward here in this moment. And as Unitarian Universalists and people of faith, we are so often taking those old ideas and making them new. What is the new iteration for this moment, this particular situation where we find ourselves? How are we translating those concepts into something to meet this moment now this is where I'm gonna nerd out a little bit and take you on some of that winding road I promise just a wee bit because it is long I'll give you two ideas here Martin Luther King Jr. and the idea of the beloved community I'm guessing many of you have heard him talk about this in his speeches and in his sermons and in his writing yes beloved community Beloved community for Martin Luther King was something that would happen through the practice of nonviolence. Beloved community was an outcome, something that would come to pass when we had a community that was truly ordered by love and anchored in the practice of nonviolence. Now, when he talked about this, he talked about nonviolence as a love-centered way of being. Literally, a love-centered way of thinking and speaking and acting that would ultimately lead to individual and cultural and social transformation. Love-centered, thinking, speaking, acting that would change us as individuals and the world we live in. That is what would come about, the beloved community would come about from those kinds of ways of being. Everybody would have what they need in a community like this, and what we need would be here. Now, for King, this ideal of a beloved community, this practice of nonviolence, right, he had experienced that in lived experience in the civil rights movement, in the black community, and he had also received some of the earlier ideas of it through different thinkers and philosophers. Josiah Royce is often talked about as the person who first used the phrase beloved community. He was a philosopher back in the early 1900s who was really good friends with uh, William James, who you might know from varieties of religious experience. And I think we've got a picture of the two of them here. So Joyce is on the left, and or sorry, Josiah Royce and then William James on the right. And they're just hanging out, you know, like you do in your three-piece suit when you're visiting each other um, out in the country and talking about philosophy. So they're sitting on the wall at uh, James's kind of farm property, talking about all kinds of deep things. But Josiah Royce, he believed that love within a community, love in the beloved community, could actually transform us as individuals. The power of love that existed in community could draw us into becoming our best selves, our most loving and present selves. He once famously said that every deed, everything we do, should be tested by whether and to what extent it contributes to the realization of the beloved community. What we do should be judged, tested, by whether it meets that ideal, the creation of the beloved community. Further, he said, when one cannot find the beloved community, one needs to take steps to create it, and if there is not evidence of the existence of such a community, then the rule to live by is this, to act so as to hasten its coming. If that community doesn't exist, then we are to act as to hasten its coming. The beloved community wasn't just an idea for Josiah Royce. It was something we had to act in order to create, something we had to do. So here we are, inheritors of this rich, rich lineage right here in this congregation. Here we are wrestling with what does it mean to be a beloved community, to create beloved community here in this church, here in our lives. What kind of practices will that take? How might we be transformed? Well, I'll tell you. In a world where we are taught lies all the time, lies like there is not enough for everyone, lies like we are separate from each other because of made-up categories like race and binary systems of gender that don't reflect the real lived experience of so many of us, When we are taught that extraction and domination and taking more than we need are what we should be marking success by, we've got to start by moving and changing that idea. We've got to move what we are aiming for and name it. And we have to acknowledge that if we are wanting to create a community that is ordered in love, we have to name that we are building something different than the dominating culture we live within. Some of you may remember Audre Lorde's writing, and how, she said, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. They may allow us temporarily, she said, to beat him at his own game, but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change. We have to change the practices we are using, the how, and we have to name where we are going. We must put down the master's tools, tools of white supremacy and capitalism, of extraction and competition and domination, and take up different tools, different markers of success, different hopes and aspirations and values in how we do church here together, in how we are in our lives and our society. It's up to us to set those ideals together of what we are working toward. That is something this church has always been about, about setting a different ideal, a community ordered in love. Each generation, a new iteration of this universalist hope. Each generation finding its way to progress, not perfection. Each new way of being church, learning again to, learn, to embrace a larger and more inclusive we. We have been doing this work for generations here. And just last year, I watched so many of you do it again. In the midst of a year of conflict and loss in the world and here in our church community, I watched you draw out of the air, create those channels on the threads of the web, just like the spiders, so that we could listen to the wisdom of this community and help us all lean toward wholeness and health. A group of you formed the Committing to Beloved Community team, and you knew intuitively that how to heal and transform and continually live into being the community of faith we long to be, we'd need to start with listening. So you got to work listening to each other, asking and answering the question, when have you experienced us here living into the beloved community at church? How did we do it? You took all of that listening and wisdom and you captured it if you came in through the narthex through those doors uh, in the sanctuary leading in you saw the giant heart there that captured so many of your words how have you experienced us living into beloved community here and then that team like the spider web it distilled all of that learning all of your voices and experiences drawing them into the center into nine ways of being. Nine ways of being, beloved community, here at church. We're going to try these out for a while. Then we're going to listen some more. And then we're going to change them again as we need to. But you'll see them up here. These nine ways of being, beloved community. Welcoming all people and greeting them with intention and openness and acceptance. Worshipping, singing, and playing together. Listening deeply with open minds and hearts. Learning from each other's experience. Committing our time and money to the church and the wider community to achieve together what we cannot do alone. Being present for and bringing joy and love in our interactions and relationships. Expressing humility about how our own needs relate to those of our community, making space for pain, for lament, for despair, and what's the last one? Hard Hard truths, thank you. And staying at the table in times of conflict, seeking and offering forgiveness, thanks. My eyes only go so far. So each of these, Each of these ways of being will anchor us in each month of this church year. In September, we are exploring welcoming all people and greeting them with intention and openness and acceptance. This ways of being together to actually create beloved community, not as some hope for out there possibility, but as a practice we live into together. So, We'll talk more about this welcoming all people with intention and openness and acceptance next week as well, but just to get us started down this pathway. I wonder if you haven't already experienced some of this today. As we said, some, I think most of us here, and if you're joining us online, hopefully you have had that experience of being welcomed by a greeter or an usher, or maybe somebody in the pew or in the chat. We welcome each other here. Just this past week on Wednesday when we had community dinner with a packed house downstairs, it was so fun, one of the new practices we we tried was we asked folks as they came in if they were Spanish speakers to put a yellow dot on their name tag because we knew we had some folks in our community who are primarily Spanish speakers. We wanted to make sure that they could find each other. New ways finding to welcome all people and greet each other with intention and openness and acceptance. We also do this in ways that are external to our community too, that aren't just for us as a church. We have a long history of being a a congregation that welcomes immigrants and refugees, that has a practice of creating home not just here for us, but for those in the community as well. It's been generations now that we have offered sanctuary space within our building for those at risk of deportation, and we do that still now. We reach out in support in the community, again supporting immigrants and refugees, by supporting Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism, and it's coming up, your opportunity too, to continue our congregation's support of Habitat for Humanity, creating and building homes with folks in the community who are looking for that place that could be safe, where they'd feel welcomed and at home. This congregation is sponsoring a Build Day with Habitat on October 11th, 8.30 to 3.30 in Southeast Minneapolis. We're looking for 16 people ages 16 and up to sign up and we'll be gathering folks. If you wanna learn more, you can see Bill Lewis down in the social hall after the service, or you can go to the Habitat for Humanity website um, and sign up for First Universalist Build Day. We need each and every one of us to make our community a place of openness and intention and acceptance and welcome. As we engage in these Practices. I remember the image of the spider web, all of those dots of water on the web making their way in. And as we, if we imagine ourselves as those droplets of water, as we make our way in, we make more room for folks to join us on the outside of that web and find their path here too, to know and practice beloved community. I'll close today with a quote from Howard Thurman, spiritual advisor to Dr. King, student in so many ways of Royce and James and W.E.B. Du Bois. Howard Thurman said this, Community cannot feed for long on itself. It can only flourish where always the boundaries are giving way to the coming of others beyond them, unknown and undiscovered siblings. May we create those pathways, may it be so, amen. I invite you to
0: rise, let's sing together once more. Come thou fount of every blessing, is the hymn. Oh no, I was just singing to him. Yeah, Paula. I I imagine this is this this hymn is actually written quite rowdy. Yeah. So how about? um, Yes, every
4: As we build this beloved community, I invite you to come in in the ways that feel right to you. If you are new to this community, I invite you to join us for a place to start, a chance to learn more about First Universalist right after the service. Come on up here, join us online. Head down to the social hall, sign up for Habitat for Humanity Build Day, or connect with each other in whatever way feels right. It is up to us to do the building, the building of beloved community here and now, in this lifetime, in each and every moment. May it be so. Amen. You ready? One,
0: two, oh, one, two, three, where you go? Where you go, I
2: will go beyond. Where you
0: Thanks for listening. If you've been comforted or inspired by this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org/donate to make your gift. We'd love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings. To learn more, visit us online at First Universalist Church dot o-r-g